Welcome to Planet Upload. Planet Upload is a weekly podcast that takes an unfiltered look at the creator ecosystem, online video, and the social media landscape. I'm Lauren Schnipper, creator and online video expert. And I'm Joshua Cohen, co-founder of Two Filter and the Streaming Awards. Lauren. Alexander Hamilton? <laughs> sorry, I, I just, just, yeah, sorry, what? You've watched it how many times since it came out? Actually, um, I've only watched it twice which I think all things considered is pretty uh, showing restraint on my end. So, uh, yeah. And that's inclusive of when you saw it at the public in previews? On, pro- no? on Broadway. I did not see it on the public in previews, however. And for those that don't know what we're talking about, we're talking, about, of course, the original musical Alexander Hamilton, which debuted on Disney Plus this uh, a week ago. Uh, the stage version was recorded brilliantly. Uh, I didn't see it in the public, actually, but uh, I did see it in uh, original cast within the first couple of months. Uh, so I, whenever I go to New York, as people would imagine, I'm a big Broadway fan. I just try to see a show. And I'd heard all this hype about it. I didn't know anything about it. I bought a ticket. It was like $400. It was the most I've ever spent on a ticket. Because, you know, I know people. I get in. And I was like, oh, this better. I was so nervous. I was like, oh, my God. What if I don't like It's just a lot of pressure. Sat down. Swear to God. First song. I was done. I was chills. I was done. It was the great. And, by the way, I didn't. I know this is controversial. I didn't love In the Heights, which was Lin-Manuel Miranda's first show. And I'd seen it. So I was a little like, oh, my God. I'm not going to like this. Well. It was amazing. You, <laughs> you and the rest of the U.S. population with access to Disney Plus. Uh, yes. So what did they? I saw Disney Plus. The app that downloads for Disney Plus increased seventy two point four percent last weekend. I say I'd say they spent what seventy five million dollars to purchase it. So that was a million dollars per percent, basically. I feel like that was a good deal for them. Yeah, it's crazy. They got like a half a million downloads just in that weekend time frame from friday july 3rd through sunday july 5th yes it's insane did you watch it you know i have mixed feelings about hamilton now you know i saw it once on broadway i got tickets through a friend i felt totally lucky to be here and the cool thing about going to hamilton was that it was the place on earth where everyone in that theater wanted to be at that moment and I don't mm-hmm. think there's many other instances like that. Like you go to someone's birthday party, half the people don't want to be there. You go to a wedding, three-fourths of the people don't want to be there. You go to Hamilton, everyone in that theater wants to be there and there's no place they'd rather be. It was a very cool vibe. It was awesome to see in person. And I haven't watched it on Disney+. Plus. I tried to watch the beginning of it and I was like, eh, this isn't really doing it for me. Wow. I think it's, I think it's cool how they shot it. I mean, they shot it multiple times. They shot it once with a live audience. They shot it again with close-ups with no live audience. And then they shot it again with some wide shots with no live audience. And they stitched everything together. So as a viewer, you still get that live audience feel. But then you have close-ups, which obviously couldn't happen with a live stage show. So I think it's really cool what they did. I appreciate it. I just, I'm kind of over it now. Somebody who's over it certainly knows a lot about how they did it. I'm just going to (laughs) say. I mean, I knew they shot it over three days. And obviously, the close-ups were without an audience. But I didn't know the level of detail. So I'm just going to say, like, I don't know. I think you're fighting something internally. I think Maybe. Maybe. I I was super into it. And maybe I'm just over the hump now. I feel like, I don't know. There are obviously some problems with Hamilton, too. Varying from historical inaccuracies to, to the fact that all these people on stage 
George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Alexander Hamilton, not so much because he became an abolitionist later in life, had hundreds of enslaved people as part of their properties. And now we're kind of glorifying them in some historical type of fan fiction, but using the music of the descendants of those enslaved people to honor them. It's something about that just seems off. Well, I watched a live uh, Instagram live with Davi Diggs and Oak, who played Hercules Mulligan, and they thought they talked about this. And one of the things that they, Davi Diggs played. Um, Jefferson and uh, Lafayette. And one of the things he talked about, they both talked about was, you know, because this, this of course came up, uh, they're two black guys. And so obviously people are bringing it up to them is that each one of those, while that is true, each one of those characters in the show is incredibly flawed. And in addition to the fact they felt one of the reasons they wanted to do it was this is introducing, this is the founding of our country, like no matter what you say. And it, it just is. It's what happened. There's a lot of bad stuff. There's some. There's a lot of good stuff. And so, but what this does is, is introduce this to kids of all types. And like, and it's showing black kids that they should be part of history in ways that they never had. They're starting to care about histories in, in ways in ways that they never had because of the music, because of how it's accessible. And so, I don't know. I thought that was a really good point of view. It's not not true, but I also don't think they. I don't. I mean, I. I've listened. To, I'm very familiar with the with the music, and I I don't think that it 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 doesn't glorify them, and it doesn't show them all as like these perfect people. They're very flawed. I mean, David was talking about like Hamilton in the show is is very clearly partially responsible for the death of his child. There's you know he was he was a total womanizer. He was part of the first like major sort of celebrity you know scandal with like a woman and cheating on his wife so these are not perfect characters in any way and i think it it glorifies that and aaron burke i mean so many people die of gun violence i mean it's a really it's yeah i'll have to go, i'll have to go check that out that's interesting i'll do yeah. some recon there and get back to you do some recon uh we got a lot of big stories this week josh let's get we into it TikTok has taken over the media well this is huge uh india banned TikTok. And as um, I don't want to say as a reaction, but as a reaction, Instagram is starting to beef up their sort of TikTok competitor called Reels in India, which is already in Brazil. Um, last week they announced in France and Germany, but they're obviously like now ramping up their efforts in India, which is a huge market in general for Facebook and Instagram. And uh, yeah, the the Indian government banned 59 Chinese apps, including TikTok, following a standoff between the two countries. You know, they cited privacy concerns. So this is a this is a huge update. And obviously, then also Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said that U.S. is thinking about doing the same. What do you think about that? Yeah, and Donald Trump echoed that too. It's interesting yeah. that for Pompeo and Trump to say that after TikTok was widely publicized as ruining his Tulsa, Oklahoma rally, claiming a bunch of tickets and never showing up. So the numbers that the Trump campaign thought were going to show up to that event were wildly inaccurate. And so, like, I, I can see it being kind of retaliation for that. But also the certain divisions of the armed forces have banned TikTok over privacy concerns, privacy concerns that it's a Chinese company and that the data that they have could go to China for possibly nefarious purposes, but also that it's just revealing of the locations of everyone that's doing it. And perhaps there's different data or different types of information in the background of some of these TikTokers or TikTok videos or whatever else that could be sensitive that they would rather not have people active duty military posting online. 
We should note that TikTok, they released a statement that said TikTok is led by an American CEO, former uh, Disney exec Kevin Mayer, with hundreds of employees and key leaders across safety, security, product, and public policy here in the U.S. We have no higher priority than promoting a safe and secure app experience for users. We have never provided user data to the Chinese government, nor would we do so if asked? I mean, the bottom line is, is like, yes, they would if they were asked or somebody would leak it if they were asked. Or I think it's a valid concern. I think depending on what lens you look through this problem at, it's a valid concern for almost any online company. So it's like who's looking through this lens and the way at which they're looking at it about which companies kind of in the crosshairs of this of potentially giving sensitive information over to other government entities. TikTok happens to be the biggest game in town right now. India's first mover status here, so it might be easy for the U.S. to follow suit. But the underlying reason that India banned all these apps, many people attribute to a military standoff between China and India, where 20 Indian soldiers died on the border clash with Chinese troops earlier this month. The Chinese casualties haven't been reported. So there's a lot going on there geopolitically. Um, Just from a business standpoint, India made up a third of TikTok's user base. I mean, it's a country of 1.3 billion people that now TikTok doesn't have access to anymore. Banning something in India is, is, I don't want to say it's suicide, but it's a huge, I mean... It's a it's, it's it's a huge blow. I mean, I think I, I don't know. I always think about this like I, part of me is like, I don't know. We're all like just going crazy that I just look at it and then I just cut to like fast forward 10, 20 years. And it's like they have all of our information. I just think there's there's no way. I mean, every I don't know, unless you're using encrypted messaging apps at this point. I mean, everybody's watching everything. They can find you, our government, their government. I don't know. Maybe I'm being naive, but I don't. It, were the Chinese government scraping our data? I feel like it's something that maybe nobody in the U.S. that works at TikTok would be aware of. You know, I, I'm sure internally they are like, you know, the U.S. all, you know, the company in the U.S. is it's like we would never do that. Like I have no doubt. Like they are saying what they believe to be true. I just don't know if it is true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they've gone through great lengths to distance themselves from their Chinese roots. Anyone who also follows YouTube knows what a huge market India is. It's obviously home to T-Series, the biggest YouTube channel on the planet with over 120 million subscribers and getting several billion views a month. Out of the top five most viewed YouTube channels in the world every single week, four of them are likely from India. Out of the top 100, there's probably 10 or 20 that are likely from India. It's just a huge, massive market. There's lots of broadband penetration there in terms of like cell phone connectivity, and people are able to look at videos with their mobile devices. And it's again, it's a country of 1.3 billion people. If this ban holds up for any period of time, it's just a huge blow to TikTok. Well, we should lasso, which was Facebook's answer to TikTok, that shuttered, sunsetted, deprecated, whatever you want to call it, a couple of weeks ago. But now, you know, yeah, Reels, which is Instagram's answer, not in the US yet, I believe. It's in, you know, Brazil, what do they say, France, Germany, and now going into India. By the way, it's the smart move. Like, it's like, it, for many reasons, obviously, TikTok being banned, but it's also, you know, Facebook and Instagram, the majority of their, um, you know, their users are not in the US, yet the majority of time, the product testing happens in this country because this is where, you know, the, the headquarters is and stuff like that. And so it's almost like if Reels never shows up in the US, which it probably will, like, and they win in India, like they've won. You know what I mean? Like they don't need it to be here to, to win in this category. It just, it's almost like it's a prestige thing to win in the US. But I think it's, I think that they're, 
I think they're ripe to to do. To, they're very position, positioned well to to win in that market. Do you have any insight on Lasso and any traction there? Obviously, it didn't receive a, not, a lot. I think it barely launched in the U.S. Going on, yeah, going no, on the Lasso. I was. I was around like that, that was sort of the end of my tenure. A colleague was kind of taking, took that over on my team. Uh, nobody was super excited about it internally. <laughs> I could say like, I don't think it wasn't something that got a ton of traction um, in terms of when I mean by that, I mean, sort of it felt like internal support where it was not so huge. Um, so yeah, no, I don't, I don't have any, you know, uh, major insights on it other than like, it clearly didn't make any big waves. Otherwise, it would still be here. All of the activity I saw around it was basically Latin American-based creators yeah. advertising for the platform. And I think they started trying to do that in Central and South America and Mexico, too. And then obviously just didn't take off to the extent that they thought. So it joins the kind of Facebook graveyard. The graveyard. <laughs> well, uh, they, there's other interesting updates for TikTok this week. Um, they This is a huge move for them. They launched self-service ads. Uh, you know, YouTube and Facebook, of course, have had this for years. Facebook has like their Facebook business manager. And, you know, the big difference is that you as a small business, big business, whatever, can just, put, you know, go through their self-service portal and put ads on TikTok, as you, again, can do at Facebook and, and YouTube. And you don't have to have like a sales rep. And obviously that just like democratizes kind of the ad experience. Um, it allows for businesses to get, you know, discovered by new engaged audiences. And, you know, people with like small and big budgets can sort of, you know, because normally you're not going to get an ad salesperson, a rep, if you have, unless you have a huge budget. So it's really what, you know, it, it's what obviously built YouTube and Facebook. This is a big move by TikTok. I mean, it's an obvious move that they, they need to be making to, to ramp up their, you know, ad sales efforts. Um, so we'll see how, you know, what the innovation is like and, and how, uh, widely adopted this is, but it's it's a big it's 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 a step that you know one had to assume that they were going to take. Um, but it makes them, it puts them in the category of the YouTubes and the Facebooks. And considering their massive growth and stuff, I'm sure. And of course, what's been going on with Facebook and people pulling their ads from Facebook, it's gonna it's 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 the good time to do this for TikTok. Hundred percent, and they're kicking it off with a hundred million dollars in ad credits for small businesses. They announced this at the start of the pandemic back in March. TikTok said as one of its initiatives, they're going to basically donate $100 million worth of ad credits, again, to small businesses that have been affected by the pandemic. One, it's magnanimous in that they can feel good about giving back to the community. Businesses businesses now have some dough to advertise on TikTok. It's too, obviously, like a very easy marketing scheme for them to get more people onto TikTok and advertising oh, yeah. there. And But basically, they announced it a while ago, and now applications are open to receive part of that hundred million dollars in ad credits that they're giving yeah i mean it's 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 a brilliant it's a brilliant way to kick this off especially in the times that we're in and with this new product and i think it's going to serve them very well i'm looking forward to seeing the numbers that come out of this hopefully they'll, they'll share some of those numbers in the next couple of weeks uh and last on TikTok, there's this <laughs> amazing video that has gone viral so this college kid julian bass 20 year old he does this sort of VFX filled video um, with all these Disney characters. So who did he, he had light saber wielding Jedi, a character from the animated series Ben Ten, web slinger Miles Morales, and then he crossed and then and then he did uh, I think Spider Man in the end. And he well, this is interesting. He cross posted the video from TikTok to Twitter, and he sort of like was like share this to with Disney and he, let's get this to Disney and it's amazing and it got to Disney. He's getting a ton of traction in like meetings around this. And what I think this also highlights is the 
what's unique about TikTok that unlike so many of the other platforms is how easy it is to share on other platforms. Like they have a shared right to Instagram from inside the app. And I think that's really notable that this didn't go viral because it was on TikTok. It went viral because he shared it on Twitter, just something to note. And so I it's kind of awesome. He's like he's and he's like a theater major and he's this great. I just love it. It's so funny. It's great. Have you seen it? Yeah, of course. And to your point, it's gotten 6.4 million views on TikTok. On Twitter, yeah. 22.6 million views of the TikTok yeah. video. Which it's just interesting because Twitter because TikTok you just hear it's everything so viral whereas like Twitter it went even obviously way more. Yeah, because there's not an easy kind of discovery mechanism or shout out system on TikTok. They have an incredible yeah. algorithm that surfaces. I think does a really good job of surfacing like long tail and mid tail content. Like you'll be scrolling through your TikTok feed for minutes, hours, days, and you'll see a bunch of top videos. And then you'll also see a bunch of videos that maybe have like no likes or 100 likes or 200 likes when top videos might have likes in the tens, hundreds or millions range. And so they do a really good job that in terms of they, they do a really good job with that in terms of discovery. But in terms of being able to like shout out and go to specific viral videos, it's not that great of a system for that. Yeah. So Julian put this out on Twitter put it out on blast saying like, hey, y'all, can you get me in touch with Disney? And then Twitter delivered. It's really crazy. And it, it shows really, you the power. It really of, did. Yeah, it shows you the power of that platform to get to transfer information and get it in, in front of the right people. Yeah. So, so yeah, so it eventually went to Bob Iger, who's now chairman of Disney, no longer CEO. And he, in a nice Hamilton shout out, said the world's going to know your name, which oh. was like kind of cool and kind of also very cringy. Oh, I loved it. Oh, I loved everything about it. <laughs> I loved it. I we know his name. We're talking to it. We're talking. We're 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 talking. We're talking about him, Julian Bassman. We're gonna. We know his name. I love it. Okay, moving on from TikTok, YouTube unveiled some interesting updates. They have a new analytics hub for musicians. Uh, so what is? It's called Analytics for Artists, and so it's only available for official artist channels. And so how, how are you qualified into this? You creators must have at least three official releases distributed by a label and have no policy violations. Uh, you have to be working with the YouTube manager, but what it allows you to do is give you like a comprehensive glimpse of official uploads as well as those shared by fans, taste makers and collaborators. It's interesting though, like if, you know, obviously this is not for the masses if this is meant to be for people that are going through a label. I mean, there's so much, so much music on original music on the YouTube that is not through a label. So this is super cool for artists. And the super cool fact about it is that they're able to potentially see how many views their track is getting on different videos, which is the coolest part because like secret, not so secret way for artists to bump up their views, one, one to get revenue off of AdSense and two to bump up their views for a number of different charting purposes is to release their song and have different people use it in their videos and then claim those views so they get all counted back towards the official track plays. Oh, wow. It's like similar to what tons of uh, record labels and musicians are using TikTok now to basically do kind of the same thing, except I don't think TikTok's incorporated into any billboard charts or anything like that yet. But in terms of distribution and dissemination of new music, people are using the same thing. People are, people are doing that with TikTok. And so now basically artists on YouTube are going to be able to see how 
their song has traveled and also see kind of where those videos are coming from or where on which videos those views are coming from where the track is being played. Yeah, the feature song details showcases all of the third party videos that have been created containing that particular track. YouTube is saying that of its top 1000 artists, um, 20% of their chart eligible views are generated from user generated videos, including like lyric videos, covers, dance videos, and more. So yeah, this is going to give like, you know, like you're saying, like artists, like a real insight into like where the fandom is coming from and, and all that stuff, which is a really, it's, it's incredibly valuable. I'm sure there's going to be probably be seeing like interesting collaborations as a result of it and stuff. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. Now that I think about it even more, I think all these products and features, they were obviously in the works for months, if not years ahead of time but perhaps it the it's being released now or its timeline has been accelerated again i don't know its product development timeline has been accelerated because of tiktok's importance to the music industry right now yeah yeah i think it's huge uh, another uh, feature, YouTube is lowering the mini minimum video length for mid-rolls from eight minutes, sorry, from 10 minutes to eight minutes. So right now, if in order to do a mid-roll, you have to have at least your video has to be like um, 10 minutes or longer to have a mid-roll, to be, to be eligible for a mid-roll. And they're lowering that, which which what's interesting about this too is that you have they're automatically going to be opting like everybody with an eight minute or longer video into this, and then you have to go and like opt out. So there's a lot because there's a lot of people that don't want this. I don't know how I feel about this. I just feel like I mean obviously there's data supporting this decision, otherwise they wouldn't do it. I, I don't know. It feels kind of disruptive in eight minute video. I don't know if it feels like it's too short to have something like this. I don't know. I can deal with a mid roll ad for eight minutes. I feel like okay. they want to obviously make more money. They want to give their creators more opportunity to make money. And eight minutes, seeing a video, seeing a mid-roll ad for 15 seconds or 30 seconds, but you can skip it if you get through the first five, four minutes into the video doesn't seem too cumbersome for me. Uh, but what's going to be the result of this is just you're going to see a lot more eight-minute and one-second videos. Whereas yeah. right now, everyone's trying to get over the 10 minute threshold in order right. to have these mineral capabilities. And also because supposedly the algorithm liked your video if it was longer than 10 minutes. Sure. Probably because there could be more advertising on it. But so now I, I expect all the people that were trying to stretch out their videos to be 10 minutes or long are now you're going to see two minutes cut off all of those videos. Uploads, download. So upload, legend. Joey Graceffa, legend of YouTube. He had a uh, star of the series Escape the Night. Uh, YouTube evidently has not opted not to renew the fourth season. So, and he's decided he wanted to create a board game for it. So he wanted to raise 30 grand, started a Kickstarter, took it in his own hands. You know how much he raised, Josh? As of, as of right now, as of this recording, he's raised $198,000 to make this board game, which is incredible. It's, it's incredible to me, too, because, like, you know, let's be real. He's kind of an old school YouTuber. And the fact that he still has this rabid sort of fan base that can do this is pretty badass. Like, he's still got a really engaged audience. I love it. I think it's cool that people are still doing Kickstarters now. I mean, this is backed yeah. by Studio 71. Studio 71 has been behind some other Kickstarters uh, for board games and related products in the past. They did one with Cyanide and Happiness that was successful. They're back at it again now. We used to see this all the time. There was like a new Kickstarter every week, I feel like four yeah. or five years ago, for different yeah. types of products or initiatives in the creator space. This is the first successful one from a big time creator we've seen in a while. So it's cool to see props to Joey. 
Um, I hope the board game is good. Upload, download, Josh. Got anything? Good, bad? What you got? Ninja. Mm-hmm. Fresh off the disillusion of Mixer where he potentially pocketed upwards of $30 million once mm. Microsoft shut down Mixer and negated whatever time left was in his multi-year contract to stream exclusively on that gaming platform. Ninja still has not decided where he is going to end up as an exclusive gamer, but mm -hmm. for the first time, live-streamed gaming content on YouTube this week, had 167,000 concurrent viewers, which is massive on the platform. Mm. I mean, it, it's, it's massive. It's not crazy, but that's very, very good and along the lines of what the other biggest people on YouTube get. Mm -hmm. PewDiePie is an exclusive live streaming contact with YouTube. He sometimes does gaming content, sometimes does whatever type of content, but he'll generally have like 100,000, 110,000 people watching him at once. Ninja having 167,000 was great for the first time. I expect if he does more, that number will dip a little bit. People were excited. Mm -hmm. They thought he might be announcing he was live streaming on YouTube exclusively, but still a very strong, solid number. And sure those conversations are happening now. I'm sure they're talking to him about being exclusive. Yeah, totally. I think they're talking with him about being exclusive. It's, it's, I mean, it's him, Twitch, or Facebook gaming. He reportedly passed up an option, a very lucrative option, again, in the tens of millions of dollars range to stream exclusively on Facebook gaming for several years. I think because the culture at Facebook gaming is more kind of casual gamer and not hardcore. And I, 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 but I think in this environment, like, I don't know. He has two other options. He has Twitch and YouTube. I don't know if they have to pay him a ton of dough, either one. I feel like each of those platforms are going to be okay without him. I think that, he, I think that the underdog here for gaming content is kind of YouTube. And if they want to fork over a ton of money, it kind of makes sense. But, but I don't know if either of them feel like they're in a position where they need to now, actually. I also don't, I wonder, and I don't, I've never met him, so I don't know him and like what his priorities are, but like, I wonder what the vibe is, like if he's even gonna want to do another like big deal, because in some ways, like, I would imagine there's a level of embarrassment on his end. You know, he got paid this ridiculous amount of money to back this platform that should have done really well, partly due to him being there and it failed. And so if he then goes somewhere else and gets paid a bucket of money, I think people, I don't know, I could see some sort of like backlash from like fans and stuff like that. And like at the end of the day, it's like he doesn't need it. Wherever he goes, it's going to be huge. He can make a bunch of money. Like if I were him, I'd start my own thing at this point, if anything. You know what I mean? I probably wouldn't take any more big deals at this moment. I'd probably just like like what he's doing, just kind of like try it here, try it there. I think it is very notable because Mixer, of course, made this sort of partnership with Facebook um, when they sunsetted in the sense where like Facebook like for all intents and purposes, all Facebook really did was like open their arms to these gamers that were on Mixer and were like, come here, you have a home here, but none of their fans, you know, ported over and all this sort of stuff. So um, the fact that he said kind of no thanks to Facebook is, you know, it's 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 a little bit of a slap in the face in, in the sense where like, there's nothing that Facebook did necessarily except for like, you know, ask him to come and like treat try to treat him well. And he was just like, nah, I'm good. So I think, and the fact that he did this so quickly after Mixer kind of ended and went onto YouTube, I think is just, it's it's setting a stake in the ground about, like you said, like he's just not taking Facebook seriously as like a gaming platform, which I think is, is notable. So there's a lot of kind of, I think, larger implications to the fact, for the fact that he did this. You know what I mean? Totally. It'll be interesting to see where he ends up. 
But to your point about him feeling embarrassed, I feel that's not the way public opinion has gone. I think Mixer was an underdog from the start. And so the fact that he wasn't able to make it a power player, I don't think anyone's blaming him for that. I think honestly, he's blaming him. But I would think if I were him, like just he as an individual, I'd be like, I got paid all this money. It was super public. And this thing failed. Like I my impact on this did not make a difference. And so I don't think that necessarily public opinion is like saying blaming him. But if I were him. I would be really reticent to like jump into some other big deal because then I think public opinion will be like, oh, excuse me. Like, you know what I mean? You think you're such hot shit. You keep getting paid all this money for stuff to not go well. I don't know. Lauren, maybe we need to explore why you're thinking that about yourself. <laughs> well, the $30 million I have in the bank has really changed me, Josh. So um, this word, this is our last podcast because I just have really important things to do as a result of having thirty million dollars in the bank. So it's really exciting. I get, I get it. I think, I think ninjas, I think ninjas happy living life and isn't isn't sweating too much about mixer sunsetting. Right. You listen, you more me. Uh, okay, you got anything else? Quibby, Lauren. Who? Quibby. Sure. You know the mobile video platform for quick bites from famous Hollywood stars. Oh, sure. That you want to watch on the go? Uh Uh-huh. Quibi, Lauren, amid a tumultuous start, has nevertheless renewed, guess how many shows? 120. Eight. They are dismantled, Jennifer Lopez's Thanks a Million, Murder House Flip, MTV Punked, MTV Singled Out, The Game Show... Chrissy Teigen's Chrissy's Court and Nicole Richie's Nikki Fresh. If those titles aren't intriguing, I'm like I don't even. I'm like, uh-huh. I think those titles are incredibly intriguing. And again, okay, we've great. been over this ad nauseum. It just speaks to why there's no one know about these things, and it's because they've been so reticent to embrace any type of social media and any type of fan behavior and any type of organic promotion for any of their products on the platform. And it's, and it's just a shame because I think murder house flip and dismantled sound like something the internet could really enjoy. Well, I will say that I'm in, you know, a few mom groups, if you will, on the Facebook. And one of them is like all about like, just like binge watching shows. And finally, the other day, somebody was like, is anybody watching Quibi? There's some actually really good shows on there. And I don't know what they were talking, I don't know which shows, but I did notice it was the first time ever anybody, I've seen anything on any social media anywhere talking about how like Quibi, uh, Quibi at all, and then Quibi content being good. So something's happening. It's trickle. It's starting a, maybe a little bit. <laughs> Jeffrey Katzenberg, you hear that? Tides are turning. The wind is changing. The wind is changing. Perhaps in speaking your favor. Speaking of the wind. Speaking of wind. <laughs> Did we get it all this week, Josh? Lauren, I think we covered everything. So we'll see you soon on Facebook Gaming. And if not there, <laughs> on Planet Upload. And Josh, you're going to read us out this week. Go ahead. Do it. You can do it. Very exciting. After 20 episodes, it's finally my shot. Yes. Today's show was produced by Lauren Schnipper and myself, Joshua Cohen. Original music is from London Bridge. You can check him out on Instagram. He's really good at London Bridge Music. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. If you are on Android, check us out on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. I personally have been using Google Podcasts. It's a pretty cool platform so far. If you like our show, please recommend it to a friend. If you don't like it, recommend it to a nemesis. Thanks for listening to Planet Upload, and we'll be back next week. Oh,